Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Notch. Obviously, we're disappointed. This week, we learned a valuable lesson about this group, both individually and collectively, that will certainly help us moving forward. So guys, this week, we've got to make some difficult and hard decisions on people, and that is what we will do. Um, I mean, I have a feeling that the choice is going to be made for me, like it will apparently for a number of players, but... Yeah. um, (laughs) Hey, I I have a choice, though. You know, every week, I always give you guys a question about some choices, and I don't give you any warning most weeks. I think last week, though, I did give you a little bit of warning. A little bit of warning. I thought thought about doing that. Yeah, Yeah, I thought about doing that again, but I was like, nah, let's not do that. So my question for you this week is, give me your top two World Cup moments that you have experienced in your life. Your top two. Want to go first? Go. Okay. Um, I didn't become a soccer fan, really, until the 2010 World Cup. And I was working, I worked landscaping in high school, so I worked for this rich old lady who had 160 acres of land that we would tend to and for some reason i had to go to the one of the botanical shops that serviced down deer tractors and did some stuff so i had my lunch early i sat down turned on tv and literally the next three minutes were the final um minutes of algeria usa <laughs> yes yeah and i was like this is amazing I know this is happening, and I'm just so excited right now. And then I kind of started getting into it a little bit more, a little bit more. And then after that, um, I mean, John Brooks's goal. The header um, where he can't believe he yeah, scored. Yeah, I was yeah. stuck in traffic on 35W North, coming, going to my apartment from Bloomington, where I worked. And I'm listening to on the, on the, on the radio. I, did, I run into our apartment. My roommate already has a game on. <laughs> And five minutes later, John Brooks scores. We go, ah, like high five, and it was yep. great. Um, of course, my moments are the exact same ones in a different order. Um, I remember uh, being in the car, I believe, on the way to St. Cloud for some strange reason um, for the 2010. Uh, but in 2014, that was the first time that I had taken any time off of work for a U.S. national team game. Mm. So I posted up at Arizona Wilderness in um, in Gilbert, which is like one of the best beer places in the world, by the way. Okay. If you were ever in Phoenix, High you were oh, doing I hope, your... I hope not. Trust me. <laughs> trust me when I tell <laughs> I you this. I don't want to be in Phoenix. I fully no. understand. I but sweat way too much. Yeah, yes, it is. AZ Wilderness is actually worth it. And I had a goblet of their american presidential stout which is a bourbon barrel aged imperial jalapeno stout Ooh, that sounds real good remarkably fantastic and i was taking a sip of that and then brooks heads it in and it took everything within me to not do a spit take because i was like this beer is too good but that moment is also too good what do i do (laughs) i think So, first of all, one of my top two, I think maybe second, is going to be Brazil versus Germany last year. We were were outside of the Nomad. That was insane. Those seven minutes where they knocked in something like, I forget it was four or five goals, where the score went from 1-0 to, I think actually it was 5-0. We were just sitting there staring open mouth at the screen, and it was 
unbelievable and slowly the brazilian fans left yeah and that that demolition was something that i i i feel like you, you don't get to see that kind of game more than once in your life no i uh i was working at bloomington parts department uh your tax dollars at work here me watching the guardian minute by minute uh play by uh account of that game mm-hmm. and to help somebody and then went back to my desk and turned my back, went back to the web page and Wait, it was one one last time I checked. Why is it now or one nothing? Why is it now five nothing? What what, what <laughs> happened? Oh my god, what happened? I, I think the other moment that I have to identify has to be the Donovan goal, but it wasn't when he scored it. That was amazing and a moment I'll never forget. But there was the next game that they were playing against. I think it was Ghana. Ghana, yep. Yeah, yep. who knocked them out later. But before that game, I think it was Uruguay versus South Korea, if I remember correctly, and. Throughout the coverage of that game, I went there before that game. I watched the entire game at this Irish bar in Atlanta. Throughout the whole thing, they kept showing Donovan's goal. And every time it happened, the whole crowd at the bar stood up. <laughs> yes. We clapped, we cheered. And it was like every... This happened like six or seven times until the the game actually came on. The USA versus Ghana. It was beautiful. I, I really enjoyed that moment myself. But, well, hey, it's time to turn to uh, Minnesota United in a segment that we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In United Passions, we talk about the United that we are most passionate about, Minnesota United FC, who do tend to try our passion. They, they do tend to do that. And this week, they did that by heading on Monday night, yesterday, to Houston and playing in a closed-door scrimmage. Or at least that's what it felt like. It one was thousand, pretty sparse. 1,930 people. Like, even the uh, announcer's booth was half full. Yeah. There's just one guy. <laughs> yeah, just one guy. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did say that there was some sort of, like, flash floods and whatnot. There was some heavy downpours uh-huh. and yeah. other I, excuses okay, guys. in the weather. Yeah. Uh, so, and it, it also should be said that the 1,000 fans were sitting underneath the broadcast camera, so you didn't actually get to see anybody. And also, the broadcaster had his girlfriend's in Canada right now, and you didn't see her later. <laughs> like, but like, she's not here right now, and like, she's pretty shy. I don't want to meet new people. So, also in Canada was were Minnesota United's goals because uh, oh, Houston God, beat us one nil in this game. I turned on this stream. I was in class. I turned on this stream just in time to watch Darwin Quintero start the run up for the penalty he would miss, and. I'm struggling to think of anything redeeming that happened in the next two minutes of stoppage time that I watched. So, do you all have anything that uh, that you got? I had the same experience. Um, I was following a lot, on, uh, following a lot on, on Twitter and was playing FIFA at the same time and saw that we had a penalty tick, turned it on, stream on. Darwin missed it, turned it off, and went, that's about right. Yep. I actually watched the entire 90 minutes. You poor soul. I know. The expert right here. Colin, tell us. Um, Inform us. So, I will say that Darwin Quintero, when he was on the ball, was electric at times during that game. Um, His dribbles were fantastic. Off the ball, he was absent. And that was a huge, huge problem. Especially when you're playing with a just three up front instead of the four that we usually run with. I, I want to give him the the based on the few gifs that I watched the Yago award of like super nice footwork and then hitting it wide, like you know like not he just looks really great on the ball oh, he and was then so nothing good at that. happens. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, 
I mean, he's not Iago all the time, but I'm in, in this game. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give him the Iago award. Yeah. Um. It just he couldn't shoot for shit in the game, and that yeah. was quite unfortunate. He his passing with Ramirez was close, but not quite the entire game. Just it, everything that Minnesota want to do well, they did poorly. You you know how when you're gonna say something difficult. That is obviously going to make the people in the room angry. You always say like, hey, don't get angry when I say this. And then it doesn't work. I'm going to do that right now. Hey, guys, don't get angry when I say this. I'm going to quote Adrian Heath after this game, who said... Uh, obviously, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to get angry. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way it's going to end well. That's okay. I, I feel like our listeners should get my dramatic reading skills. I did take acting classes for many years. This was a moment I have been preparing for, and you are okay, going to... Sorry, sorry, sorry. And uh, action. Thank you. Obviously, we're disappointed. I thought it was a little bit too late. I learned a valuable lesson today about this group, both individually and collectively, that will certainly help us moving forward. We've got to the group stage now. Or, no, no, no. We've got to the stage now where we have to start making some difficult and hard decisions on people, and that is what we will do. I think tonight we will turn out to be a really good night in the long term. This is the winter of our discontent. Pretty sure that's Shakespeare. Okay, thanks. Yeah. 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 Shakespeare had a lot better words than fucking Adrian Heath. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so what what are these lessons that Adrian Heath has learned? What is going to be good in the long term I, I, for this team based on what we saw last night? I didn't see a whole lot last night. Well, yeah, you watched like four watch, minutes. Yeah, no, yeah, the game. I didn't okay. watch. I watched four minutes of the game. Um, from what I, uh, we should mention that uh, rival podcaster uh, Wes Berdine was there at the game. Loser Wes Berdine of the failing fifty-five-one oh, podcast. Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he was there at the game and seemed to see some positives. So I guess there were some. But if you're talking about in your in the middle of your second year like oh if i found some things about about my club like you should know about the team by now adrian you should know who's gonna play where who's good at which position who's good at which role and if you don't know that by now you should probably not be here anymore if you don't know that by now then you'll never ever ever know it so he also sounded a little bit. Again, though, what 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 do we think he was referring to? Obviously, this is an obtuse reference. It's a real life subtweet. I'm gonna th- so I'm uh, gonna make a a semi educated stab in the dark on this one. Um, Alexi Gomez and his ability to change a game. Um, he threw him out as a left back. He, he was terrible. Okay, just did not show up at all. And this comes in the wake of, I believe it was a, it was either a Peruvian or Brazilian report um, that Flamengo is interested in him. Somehow, yeah, we we did we did see reports. Um, there are, I think there was a follow up report saying that they are, either they denied interest, so there's there's been a change. But anyway, there was also the fact that um, Ramirez was taken off for our friend Mason Toy. And could that be one of the things that Adrian is referring to? I mean, you're pushing for a goal. You're behind one nothing. 
I don't mind Toy coming on the field, but I think taking Ramirez off was a mistake. Uh, remove or take off Coleman uh, or Warner and put on Toy. Put two strikers. Mm-hmm. Like do something more innovative because the one striker isn't working. It's Houston. Do something else tactically. And not only that, when the tactics are very specifically. Have Christian Ramirez link up play at the center circle and then serve him the ball somehow in the box. You know, Ramirez was doing that and he was doing well. The problem is that his service was two feet above his head at all times. Mm -hmm. He Mm. had, I believe, two very close chances, both at the near post and the far post from Darwin that just were out either out of reach or saved. So... I'm not going to subject the listeners to a why isn't this tournament relevant or whatever U.S. Open Cup relevance think piece that is published every single year. Instead, I'm going to ask you this question from at ML Blazing. Do we have to worry about Minnesota United's offense now too? Looked threatening, but terrible finishing. Yeah. Yeah. We do have to worry. We should be worrying ever since Ethan and Kevin went down. Hmm. We haven't seen... We haven't seen the the potency that Ramirez had last year. The service from Darwin is good at times, but other times it's just out of reach. Ibarra has done well, but seems to be fading out of his purple patch from the early. He hit his head and was hurt last night. He had to be bandaged up, sliced up his ear. Ear. I thought, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, which drew the penalty. Yeah, Um, I think the worry has to be. A, the fact that Ramirez isn't getting shootable service, and B, that it's hard to figure out how Darwin Quintero can be best utilized. Okay, He's he's not a number 10 traditionally. I don't know if Adrian Heath wants to play a second striker. If so, I'm not wholly convinced on his finishing from what we've seen thus far I think he's best as a winger but that means that you're taking out a lot of the influence that he can have on the game so it sounds like we just have to worry about everything at this point and, yeah um, everything is shit that, all right. that's what it boils as okay. I said last week it's weird to think at this point in the season we need a left winger and I would look to the coaches have to fix that problem in the summer transfer window we do play Colorado away this Saturday, or yeah, this this Saturday, and depending on how that game goes, either lift us up as a fan base or just plummet us into David Moyes slash Adrian Heath Stark room. Okay, all right. Well, with that uh, sunny, happy, positive message, let's move on to our next segment, which we call the Top Step. But the cream rise to the top oh yeah in the top step we cover the latest news from america's division one leagues major league soccer and the nwsl first up big news y'all of mls's second largest day of the year the mls all-star game held in atlanta for 2018 they've released their hashtag atlanta inspired jersey and when i when i saw this i was like whoa atlanta inspired it must be orange or peach or have some stripes on it or, you know, have a, just a giant pile of shit uh, <laughs> on the front or something. And instead, what I saw was a jog tag. They, they, they call this jersey Atlanta-inspired because the jog tag 
has four intersecting lanes. And, 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 I'm not done. To top it all off, they didn't show a picture of the jog tag in the fancy video they made unveiling this jersey <laughs> or the MLSsoccer.com store page. So I couldn't actually find a picture of what this hashtag Atlanta-inspired jock tag looked like. It, no, I, I see where they're coming from with this jersey. It is inspired by Atlanta. I hate Atlanta, and I also hate this jersey. It's right there. Massively overhyped, completely bland, uh, a team that has been made by a big or name company um, that's just like this jersey made by Adidas. Who, by the way, I have to commend Adidas on this jersey because by making this, what is essentially a white t-shirt with some chevrons on the sleeves, they've stuck very closely to their 2018 design guidelines, which said bland and total shit. I, I, ha- I mean, it, it takes gumption for a company to come to a huge client like MLS and say, here, this is what I have made for you for your second biggest day of the year. When all of your corporate sponsors are there, this, this is what I want your all-star team to wear. Whoever made the Nigeria World Cup kits should just like slide their resume or just pictures of their tits to Don Darber in like a shady uh, parking garage. I'm pretty sure Don Garber already has those photos and they're his screensaver and he's just like, the door's closed and he's just like furiously jerking it to those jerseys. Is like, the next Univision, year, next year. Is the Univision announcer there? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, seriously. And by the way, that the guy who designed that Nigeria jersey, the Nike designer, is on Twitter. You can find him. I forget his name now, but maybe I can tweet it I out think, later. I uh, think Jeff Ruder did an article about the kid and him on the athletic did i see that right on twitter i mean i i I haven't seen it i'm not sure if it was jeff that did it i think it is somebody from the athletic anyway go go read about this guy the the one thing i will point out that maybe our listeners should also be aware of aside from the all-star jersey i said this on twitter is that soccer based fashion is now becoming a thing you know how polo shirts are a thing you know how cricket sweaters are a thing People are starting to design everyday clothes with soccer-based influences. There's some pretty famous collabs between Nike and a a couple other large designers who are presenting soccer-based fashion. The All-Star Game is MLS's chance to jump into that. Design a jersey that is just good-looking, league-agnostic, that people all around the country can wear. And and you've got a streetwear hit on your hands, like Mm -hmm. the Nigeria jersey. Instead, they designed this piece of total trash which looks like it's from the fifa 18 career mode you know you the players that are free agents they're wearing this jersey in fact no (laughs) they won't wear it. it's too generic even for them all right (laughs) so uh, it just oh god i'll I'll just leave you with alex schieferdecker who said if this is atlanta inspired atlanta must be really uninspiring let's move on to some games first of all montreal beat orlando 3-0 this was the game that led to orlando firing mr jason christ and a bunch of idiots saying that Minnesota United should hire him. No, 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 no not no, after no. not after this in New York no, City. No, no absolutely no, no, not. No, 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 no. no J- Jason Christ is like Las Vegas Lights new coach or some shit like that. Let's let's leave it to them. But this game, we were introduced to something very beautiful in the Montreal announcer, who is so Canadian. Except he's not like stereotypically Canadian. He's like, hey, pass me the 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 Mountie syrup, would you? It's not none of that stuff. That's what Canadians say, right? That that was that was Canadian. Like, I, don't, I don't know Mountie if there's a brand syrup. Mountie syrup. It should be, but 
if there is, yeah, that's what it would sound like. Okay, I, yeah, I would buy case after case of Mountie syrup. So, so it wasn't a guy who was like stereotypically Canadian, but he did have a Canadian voice, and he was talking about Pieri. Pieri. Ripples the mish. The ballers ripple the mish. And... Like, what the fuck was he trying to say when he said think, ripple the, the mish? I think, rip, I think he meant ripples the mesh. I thought when, he was trying uh, to say nipples the, the mish. There's a guy named Mish down there and he's just like watching Piatti score goals, wiping his nipples. Like that was... I I seriously hope that's not what he was thinking because Canadian TV needs some more censorship then. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, if that is what he was thinking though, yeah. I cannot wait for the Montreal VDC commentary that's gonna be lit Piatti gets taken down for the penalty and there was an own goal for Montreal second but the third goal that's the one that we should really be talking about Piatti Piatti had a beautiful juke I mean this was sex on the pitch speaking of rubbing nipples as great as it was that was literally the worst misplay I've seen Joe Bendick do Ow. in ages yes indeed yeah it was, um, I mean, nobody said it was a good play by him, but it was beautiful ball control by Mr. Pieri. And Remy Gard, he was in the hot seat. Do you think he's still in the hot seat? I think he should be. so, but this win definitely helps. Okay. And there, there's some quotes from Pieri after this game as well. Yeah, so um, a few weeks back when Joey Saputo basically just went nuclear and said that everybody is on the chopping block and that it might make more sense to pay three players two million a year than one player six million uh nacho piatti said quote he is the president i do everything here on the field he makes the decisions i want to stay in montreal but if he thinks i'm the problem i can go play for another club hint hint minnesota united fc a one be nacho piatti, please. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, yes. Don't even put that in my head. I'll be so disappointed if it doesn't right. happen. When it I, doesn't I, happen. I know nacho piatti bitter. Bitter. That's, I'm learning German. That means one nacho piatti. Piat- please. He'd even make uh, West love nachos. Ah. West doesn't love nachos. What's wrong with him? He's wrong. Exactly, okay. yeah. He is Thank, wrong. Yeah. Nachos Thank are you. fantastic. He is wrong. Nachos are fantastic, but also nachos. Yeah, or both. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank They're you, thank basically you. even. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. There were some rumors about Phil Scalari and Kaká being hired as sports director and or coach and sports director, respectively, of Orlando. But let's not talk about that until it gets confirmed, because this is the kind of thing that swirls around, you know, the Orlando famous fame-related circuit. I would just love to see it happen because it would be another sign of how bad of an organization Orlando is. Right, it's true. Well, today, the other day, Dunga was mentioned. Gosh, please, God, no. Although I would love to see Dom Dwyer play against Dunga or uh, for Dunga. That would be absolutely hilarious. But Columbus faced Atlanta in Columbus. And before we talk about this game, I want to mention that Anthony Precourt, the, the person who owns the Columbus crew... And by the way, uh, Anthony, nobody's buying your uh, majority investor or whatever bullshit. You own the team, okay? He comes out and publishes a direct open letter signed by him in an Austin newspaper asking the Austin citizens to lobby the city council to support his stadium plan. Can you imagine if Dr. McGuire or hell, any of the other owners of our team were writing articles for like let's say, Bismarck, South Dakota, saying, hey, guys, support our team. And do you know how much that would piss me off? 
I mean, the Mart in Bismarck is untapped for Satyr, so I don't know if that would be... Garber, get on that. I, I, I would question Inter if Bismarck. he's... Yeah, if he's asking for Bismarck, South Dakota, though, I would question his uh, knowledge of geography. You are not getting angry like I want you to right no. now. And I think and, is Well, again, I'm not getting angry because Bismarck is in North Dakota instead of South Dakota. Oh. Boo! So... What, I, I can't what, get what? I can't get mad at a joke that just totally bombed for you. Hey, it was a good joke, all right. No, you just no, wait. no. It, it it was a bad joke. And I explained late, why it's a bad joke. Ten years later, ten years later, when they're making a highlight reel of our performances on this podcast, that joke will be in there, and then people will be like, "Wow, Notch, you predicted that South Dakota would invade North Dakota in the coming civil war and take it over, and it's like he's such a clairvoyant psychic." Are you trying to tell me that? Some combination of Alberta and Manitoba is going to become North Dakota. That'd be really nice, though. Could they take over the Twin Cities? I was going to say. Like, yeah, my, like, very my, nice. People have been talking about Canada annexing most of Anyway, so let's not talk about great. happy things. Let's talk about the fact that Anthony Precourt <laughs> is a jackass. No, he's absolute absolute jackass. Not in the, like, cute, endearing term that we use in Dark Clouds. No. No. He is the a bad jackass. He's a bad man. Yeah. That's right, Anthony yeah. Precourt. We know you're listening. No. You're a bad man. Anyway, uh, Columbus lost, speaking of bad men, to Atlanta. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Fucking hell. Joseph Martinez scores a goal and then hits his head. Typical. And has to be taken off the pitch. So that, uh, that's not. No. We, we don't want to celebrate that unless of course he's fine in you know which case what? we will celebrate the shit you know out of what? that you know no, 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 no 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 don't Notch. say it Notch. don't say it Notch. Tut, tut his mic producer tut his you mic. know what tut his mic tut his mic tut, tut it tut it all right cool and <laughs> have i mentioned how much i yeah, hate tut atlanta tut, tut the mic uh, how you're much not, you're not I absolutely you're staring at me like you don't know how to do that you're a producer you should know how to do that colin's a producer what the hell you demoted me I'm, now what is wait, this? Wait, wait, hey, my sound design not, not, when you were gone was mic. fantastic. Cut your own mic. Cut your own mic. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on now, though, to the one blockbuster game of this past week. Toronto playing DC United. And if I am a DC United fan, player, executive, raccoon at RFK Stadium, whatever, I'm tearing my hair out after this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh... You know, going into the game, DC's right. Oh yeah, a draw away is probably a good thing for at Toronto. They're one of the best teams in the league. That's not performing well, but when you go up three nothing, which DC United did, yeah, exactly. This isn't a hypothetical. This happened in the first half. Ended three nothing to DC. Goals from Ariola, uh, Maddox, and uh, who was the third? Uh, Acosta. Acosta. And by the way, go watch Ball Nipples' goal. It is it w- gorgeous. Yeah, it is Great very nipple rubby worthy. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Montreal Mish Mish the nipple rubber was <laughs> rubbing his nipple. Yeah, the, Mon- that Montreal, the Montreal uh, commentator should have called that goal. Yeah, it would have been much more fitting than okay. Yes. Piatti's. Okay. All right. So DC United finishes the first half three 0 up, and then Osorio. Uh, Vasquez and then Hadland just scored just like oh yeah we're Toronto we won the championship last year so we're just gonna score goals now they tie up 3-3 in the 88th minute Hadland scores the, their third goal and then the 89th minute wait I thought you were done this is the 88th minute that's no, no, like no, 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 no. way too late in the game for things no, no, to no, happen no no you thought you were done no no, absolutely not. Yamil Assad scores the fourth goal for DC. They're up 4-3. But wait, there's more. 
unfortunately for DC, Hadlin's like, oh yeah, I'm going to store a brace today. Well, this didn't happen. I, I think the operative moment that I thought was the mistake was giving Giovinco the ball. Like, you don't do that. That's just tempting fate. Oh, yeah. And he puts in a beautiful yeah. cross. I mean, I, I think he might have been in the box. And the only way that you can do that with Giovinco in the box is to take him down and... Give him a penalty because he's not good at those. He's yeah. The, he's the messy of penalties in MLS. Whoa! Jeez. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, damn. But uh, Hadlin stores the fourth goal in the 92nd minute, I believe, 90 plus two. And then it was 4-4. That's how it ended. But this game should have been DC's. Credited to Toronto for fighting back and getting a draw. But four, four after that, Yamil Assad goal, DC had thought they'd, they'd win. This wasn't to be. Well, this 4-4 draw wasn't the only disappointment in DC's week. Pablo Maurer at the DCist has published a pretty concerning article where he breaks two big pieces of news. The first is that DC has lost three high-level executives very recently. And analysts say that this is a very concerning thing. You don't lose that much higher management so quickly because DC is a team that is known to be understaffed. There are 12 men in his rant about DC recently on TV had said that they have people doing multiple jobs. They are also known separately by fans for not being in touch with their fan base. They've made some pretty terrible decisions about their supporters that we've talked about here. So to see all of that and these three executives leaving, that's that's really bad news for the team's leadership. The context with that even is worse, that they're leaving for baseball jobs, which according to industry analysts that Maurer was talking to, those are worse jobs for that level of executive mm-hmm. because there's more games to sell, there's more games to operate. Right. The fact that they're losing them to that sport is an even more damning sign. One of the other things is that one of these executives specifically left because the marketing budget was too low. We should also mention that the other thing concerning thing that Pablo Maurer mentioned was that the Audi field construction has been done without taking into account the rays of the setting sun. The sun, as it sets, bathes the main cameras at Audi Field and the press box and the commentators in blinding sunlight, which has meant that some kickoffs have had to be pushed beyond sundown to ensure that the broadcast will occur normally. Since it was published, the piece did DC United reps did contact Maurer to share that there are cameras on the west side of this stadium um, as well. But this is something that is in the most basic stadium surveys when you're constructing. They should have known that this was going to happen and done something about it. But they haven't. And it's kind of the sign of the ineptitude. Now, Wayne Rooney is coming to DC. What's going to happen when he when he's there? One of the things Twelman asked on TV is, do you know how to treat a superstar like that? Or is it just going to continue to be a shit show? Concerning signs. Now, on the debit side of the ledger, perhaps we should mention that there are some investors circling around DC. So maybe the DC United fans don't have to put up with this particular ownership group for very long, which might lead to some wholesale changes that improve the prospects of the team. So stay stay tuned for news about that. Well, with that, it's time for us to take a quick break. We shall return with the rest of our show. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. We're in our Top Step segment talking about Major League Soccer at the moment. 
We have a couple more games to discuss. Well, maybe three. First of all, Red Bull New York. The, as we mentioned last episode, the estranged half-sister of MLS <laughs> and New York City FC. Scored two goals against Seattle, who could only answer one in return. Yeah. Very late at that. Yeah, Royer and BWP, who else, uh, scored for Red Bulls. But then Harry Ship, who apparently is still a soccer player in MLS. Turns out he's a thing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know he existed still. Uh, scored a late uh, goal for Seattle to kind of give them hope, but not really. No. Uh, good win by New York Red Bull. Lewis Robles with some great saves. Uh, Red Bulls in the second half missed a lot of chances. Florian Velo with a absolute sitter on the six-yard box skies it. Into Rosie. I was thinking of trying to make a Velot joke there, but I, I couldn't come up with one in time. Maybe our listeners can get me covered there. Velot, more like the loft. Uh-huh, okay, that's pretty that's, good. That's I like nice that. Stuff. I like that. That's not bad. Yeah, we'll take it. Colorado. Well, Played Chicago, and this must be a mistake because it says here that they tied 2-2. Colorado tying a game, not losing. That's uh, See, hard for no, me to imagine. They tied the game, but also still managed to be terrible in it. Okay. So that, again, I have to ask our weekly question. Hey, guys, is our Colorado good? No. No. Okay. Which no, makes this you. Saturday's game that much more important for Minnesota. Anyway, uh... Uh, Baji and Tommy Smith score for Colorado. Tommy Smith is his first goal in MLS for Colorado. And he assisted on Baji's goal. Exactly. Uh, then Alexander Katai, who has really come to his own recently for Chicago, um, draws an own goal out of Wilson for Colorado and then scores a looping finesse shot thing that hits the crossbar and lands in the goal that was just three fingers Gosh. Italian so, so what you're saying is our friend in Montreal, Mr. Mish, was oh, yeah. nippling it up. Is this a new character we're using? Does I think this should be like, this should like tell what the goal was. Not Mish, he's rubbing his nipples. All right, I How's you know I, I miss some of the old characters we used to have on the show in NASL. Like that's why I miss NASL. We had Juan and the Barbarian. We had Dalton, the Timothy Dalton, Jabrowski, Private Eye, Jabrowski, Private Eye. We had lots of you know NASL was really good for those kinds of names and. Uh, not so much here, so I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Anyway, Mish is definitely loving this goal though. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's loving himself. <laughs> him and Don Garber, they're just put, looking put, at that. Put the lotion away. Put the, no, no, no. Okay, okay. We can't look at him anymore. He's... Um, yeah, okay. He, Actually, but he it, enjoyed this goal. Yeah. Let's just say so, that. so, yeah. Katai puts one back for Chicago and them. Yeah. And then his looping crossbar hit goal. Second, yeah. Yeah. So, two, two. Equalizes in the 24th minute. Oh, wait. I thought you were going to say, like, in the, like, 89th minute. Chicago no, 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 no. No. Okay. Hoff went full, uh, uh, kid on a player and hit someone in the face. In the face! Which isn't good. Which also, it wasn't allowed in Karate Kid. I don't know how Daniel Son got that through by hitting Johnny in the face. Like, it's, it's it was hey, illegal. Hey, hey, hey. Cobra no. Kai were the bad guys, okay? You need to say no, this I with me. No, I understand that he was bad guy, but it, it, it's one of the rules was you can't kick him yeah. in the face, and Daniel kicked the dude in the face. Okay. Anyway, Sutter Tapplehoff, you sent off for clear red card. <laughs> like, yeah. The replay was just I mean, ghastly. To really. be fair, the fans in the stadium were just happy to have something to watch, because since the 24th minute, they've just been kind of in their fugue state that they've been in, the Colorado fans, for the previous way eight games in the season did you just say plural for colorado fans oh yeah my mistake i'm sorry i feel that There's bad rapids for... rabbi and that's it <laughs> okay yeah 
San Jose played New England. Speaking of 2-2 draws, that's another one this past week. And all I want to say about this game is that San Jose signed Guram Kashia from Vitesse. He's also the Georgian national team and captain. And, you know, like me, if you hate Atlanta United, you're thinking Georgian national team. What, just because they get 70,000 fans every month, every week, <laughs> they're now a national team? No, no, no. This the country of Georgia, not the state. Country. The, you know. Oh. Right, right. Oh, Eastern the, Europe. The, yeah, the, yeah, the Soviet Republic one. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Wait, yeah. is Georgia in Asia or Europe? Um, Europe still, I believe. Right. Yes. Although, if if Mr. Putin had his way, they would be in Russia. He's been slowly nibbling I mean, up little ooh, bits and bobs. He's certainly tried. <laughs> ooh, New Yorker notch. Yeah, actually, it's on the intersection of Europe and Asia. Georgia, actually. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Danny Hosen also having a sneakily good season for a very bad team with a brace in this team. Who are you talking about? Danny Hosen? No, I'm talking about you said a very bad team. And really, you could be oh, talking San about him scoring own goals for New England or, do we, do we or goals been... for San Jose. Like, you could, uh, uh, you, in this game, you could really, like, bad team. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Is New England in the playoff spots? I they, they are. are. So, yeah. Yeah. Take that notch. It's really <laughs> weird. Take our totally... how New England are not terrible this year. Take out Tony Cropper from goal, and apparently you're good again. Oh, how'd that happen? Yeah, it is strange. These questions are being asked at a very high level in the CIA, I believe. Anyway, let's now move into coverage of the NWSL, where everybody lost their shit this week because there was a big trade. I mean, that's all people have been talking about for the last, like, 10 days, is this trade. Yeah. Which has many moving parts. Uh, let us do a roadmap. Houston traded the rights to Kristen Press as well as a conditional first round pick in 2020 to Chicago uh, for Taylor Camo and Sofia Huerta, who, by the way, sneakily is having a fantastic year. Hopefully, going from a not that great Red Stars team to a, well, slightly. Equally, not that great Houston team will help. Um, Chicago then flipped the rights to press to Utah for Sam Johnson and a ton of draft picks. Okay. Now, remind me if, if I'm wrong here, but Kristen Press was involved in that drama llama llama in the offseason with Houston because they got her rights. And she was like, yeah, no, I'm never playing there. Exactly. So, And wasn't she in Gothenburg? Yep, she did go to Göteborg. Um, basically, press got her way. She was able to find her way out to the West Coast. Um, if I remember right, her reasoning for it was that she wanted to be at least geographically closer to some family out there. Um, so she was kind of hoping for either Seattle, Portland, or Utah. Utah was, I guess, the winner. Okay. Well, so and, she's going to be playing there, actually, now. Yeah, Good. and and apparently Chicago fans want to uh, torch the front office because they don't understand how many draft picks they got. Okay, all right. Well, Kristen Press has, in fact, terminated her contact with Gothenburg, and she is on her way to Utah, we believe. There was a Washington versus Seattle nil-nil draw with just one notable highlight that uh, Megan Rapino missed a... Well, she, it was saved, a penalty. The yeah. penalty was saved. It, and, it, was, it was not that well taken. And North Carolina managed to lose 
to to a game. First of all, finally, yeah, first lost this entire season to Utah of all teams, and hmm. and what a goal Utah. that Utah had to win it. Ninety uh, fourth minute, uh, a poor clearance on a free kick, I believe, and uh, Brittany Radcliffe tackles a North Carolina player, wins the ball, and then one touch shot into the far corner of the net rainbow kick at that it was beautiful from outside the box we should mention as well mm-hmm. um definitely a goal of the year candidate for sure it was very beautiful i think just everything that goes into it the fact that it was 94th minute the fact that it beat a north carolina side that seemed to be invincible yeah it, it was definitely the most meaningful goal so far this year we also saw Orlando putting three goals past Sky Blue FC, who could only return two in response. Yeah, Sydney LaRue with a first half brace because, of of course, everything is terrible. Um, but uh, the Blues equalized after each of the first half goals. And then uh, late, I believe about the 84th minute, if I remember right, uh, Rachel Hill uh, got at the end of an Alex Morgan cross gets the winner for Orlando at home. Anyway, let's talk about Chicago Red Stars, who managed to get one goal and got one in response as well from the Portland Thorns. This game ending 1-1. Yeah, um, one thing that Caleb mentioned during this game is that Sam Kerr misses a lot of shots. I did, I did say that. Yeah, to which I responded, yeah, it's because she takes all of the shots. Hmm. hmm. Seems like Tristan Press had have been good for Chicago, but hmm. also she wasn't going to play there ever. So no, yeah. I mean, Chicago's got flights to every single American city. Well, yeah. just saying that, Kristen. I think it's now time to move into <laughs> our segment called Get Low. Let's get low and get to our wrap up of U.S. lower leagues soccer. First up, the U.S. Open Cup. We had. Portland defeating LA Galaxy 1-0, Philadelphia beating Red Bull New York 2-1, Sporting Kansas City defeating Dallas 3-2. And Go think, watch Johan Krause's goal. Thanks for including that. And so those were the results that you saw. Now, the important thing here is Houston are again playing SKC. And it is at this point that I do want to ask, when it's an all-MLS US Open Cup, do you care? It's kind of like a non-playoff playoff, you know? I feel like I would love to see... If there's no, like, USL team or... Well, some yeah, other there team. is going to be a USL team yeah, in the quarters. Um, Louisville City goes up against Nashville tomorrow night. And uh, Sacramento Republic are playing LAFC and... No, but... It's possible. It's what, possible. What I'm saying is these these MLS games in the US Open Cup, I find myself caring a little bit less well, than if they were playing a lower It's just team. like the, the FA Cup or the EFL Cup in England... I mean, sure, they, everyone talks about the magic of the FA Cup, and for the most part, it's always going to be a Premier League team in the final. True, true. I think three years ago, Bolton was in it in the final against Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it happens once in a while, but for the most part, it's going to be the top teams with the most resources dominating domestic cups across the world. True. And, well, I mean, it, I will say this. Sporting Kansas City at least tries on the U.S. Open Cup. They'll swap in some youth players from Swopes, but besides that, credit to them that they actually care about the competition enough to play some of their top players. 
Well, let's now talk a little bit about USL, where Nashville beat North Carolina Texas Ranger 1-0. Last kick of the game, no less. Yeah, a set piece being awarded. Uh, and former loon Michael Reed getting involved, uh, providing the assist on this goal. Phoenix putting four past Las Vegas lights. I want to mention this game because Las Vegas coach Chalice has now been suspended for eight more games. Hold on. Technical director now. Because really? they realized how often he was getting suspended and they moved him to the backroom staff as a result. Oh, God, that's horrible. Well, anyway, he had some sort of problematic interaction with a fan that I don't really want to get into. And so he was suspended. Then Phoenix went ahead and played Tulsa and beat them 3-0. And here there's a highlight we need to discuss. 15 yards out, Jason Johnson, former MLSer, gorgeous, gorgeous scissor kick. Yeah, just go- beautiful, beautiful shot. This is one of those goals that if you're in the stadium, you remember this for your entire life. So go go watch that. FC Cincinnati beating Richmond Kickers 4-0. Yeah, brace for uh, Manuel Desma and then a goal for Ab- Abdawal. Abadawi. Abadawi. I, I, w- I, I would Yabadawi. Uh, it's to- even better, yeah. 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 Uh, I'd, I'd but- like to get him. To Minnesota, man. I want me some Nazi. Well, you I do realize that he's FC's, stay on yeah, Cincinnati's roster. He, he's for totally next year. going up for yeah, MLS. Right. Sorry. I'm, it's going to happen. You you know that. We should just accept you know, it. Use our like expansion know how to hoodwink FC Cincinnati. Like use some sort of <laughs> secret MLS rule. Wait, Here, hold on. Here's Johan Venegas. Do you want him instead? He's really good, guys. He played for Saprisa. He played in the World Cup and did poorly. <laughs> he did okay for like okay, thirty minutes. We'll, we'll talk poorly. about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Well, anyway, I I, I would like me some Yabba Dabba Dawi and. Um, Let's now move on to an NPSL North update very quick from Colin. Uh, super quick rundown. The technical difficulties derby got fucking weird. 1-0 win for Minneapolis City that included a phantom rain delay. Okay, you need to define technical difficulties derby so that people who, well, on the show who are not from Minnesota, and there are some, understand what you're talking about. We've talked about this in a couple of Soccer Things segments where... Um, essentially, Twin Stars canceled the game, citing quote-unquote technical difficulties. Turned out it was because they didn't want to play the game, knowing that a lot of their players would not be available. Um, okay, so- MPSL let them get away with it. It's it's a long story. Go read my stuff at ePlurvis, learn them for it. And Minneapolis City played the Derby... And one to get on the top of the table. Yes. Uh, 1-0 victory. Seventh minute penalty kick scored by Martin Brown Jr. Um, really, the story of the game was the 22 minutes following the phantom weather delay in which four yellows and a straight red were issued to Twin Stars. But it shouldn't have been more red cards for Twin Stars? It should. Yeah, it probably could have been three red cards for Twin Stars. So, yeah. that that was a thing that occurred. Um, let's see, what else? VSLT on Saturday lost at home against Duluth FC. Um, Med City drew against Twin Stars, and Minneapolis City won 6-1 over Sioux Falls. Who are in North Dakota, yeah? 
No, no. They're in the better Dakota. Ah, okay. Right. Is there a better Dakota? One has Mount Rushmore, yes. And the Badlands. Well, I need to do that. I need a road trip to the Badlands and Mount Rushmore. They're fun. I did that in 1995, you know? I did some bouldering at the Badlands two summers ago. That explains so much. It's you so fell fun. and hit your head how many times? Only like three and a half. Okay. I don't remember. All right. Yeah. All right. In any case, four point lead for Minneapolis City over VSLT in the table. Minneapolis still undefeated after nine of 14 games. Okay. Well, let's now move into our next segment that we call The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness. Let's get national and discuss the latest from the U.S. national teams. First of all, Donovan Gate, Landon the United States' most popular player in recent history, comes out and supports Mexico. Traitor. Mentiroso. Etc., etc. Lala's to the same thing. So I'll put that out. Well, Lalas, okay, Lalas, Lalas does everything because it's going to piss everybody off. Yeah, he he does he things for engagement. Is a he is human troll. He, as soon as the United States was announced as the 2026 World Cup host, which we will talk about in a moment, he thanked Donald Trump on Twitter by tagging him. So it was, I mean, Lalas is there to tick us off and he succeeds. So I, I mean, you know, that's yeah. such his life. Anyway, let's ignore him. The <laughs> yeah. point is, Landon Donovan Please ignore Lalas. appeared in a Wells Fargo commercial where he decided to announce to the world it's kind of actually kind of a, uh, uh, a witty ad basically there's a alert on his phone that says you bought something from the mexican national team store and it's like is this a fraud like is this a fraud transaction say it's so landon and then he's like nope i did it and opens his shirt and he's like look at me i'm supporting mexican kind of funny all he had to do after this and the outrage was like just put a tweet that said Hashtag ad. And that's it. Like, don't say mm-hmm. anything else. Just ignore everything. Just say, just leave it out there. No explanation, nothing. Instead. Ron Howard voiceover. Yeah, that's not what he did. He he decided to get very morally self-righteous. Talk about xenophobia, which, hey, by the way, is a problem in this country. I don't want to diminish that fact. However, and this this comes from a place of understanding for me. You can hate El Tri, the Mexican national soccer team, as a sports rival without hating all Mexican people. I know, it's crazy. Like, I I didn't think that could happen. But, you know, like, the people of Atlanta, great people. Atlanta United, total garbage. Yes. Counterpoints. I hate all Wisconsinites because of the Green Bay Packers. So... Not helping. Counterpoint, I hate... The Minnesota Vikings, but I love the Twin Cities. Also, I'm a Wisconsinite. Y'all are... You should love me. Y'all are making me hate all podcast co-hosts right now. Uh, because if you but, uh, Caleb, his, just, just because I hate you doesn't mean that I can't treat you with respect. Right, bring it in. Again, Landon Donovan deciding to scene. go moral high ground in response to Carlos Bocanegra, which then... Just continued Landon Ghazi even further. And at first he came out and said some sort of, I don't, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. I'm sorry you took it that way statement, which you can go read on his Twitter feed. And then he came out at the end of the the weekend and said, well, that was an experience, wasn't it? It's over now. Let's move on. Kind of, I, I don't know who his PR representative is, but they clearly need to be fired. The other thing that happened is he got let go by Club Leon after playing five games at approximately 100 minutes right at the end of this. So, not a great weekend for Mr. Donovan. I mean, Metzger won, so good for him and his longtime 
support for the Michigan national team. <laughs> so anyway, that go indulge yourself in that drama if you so wish. It was probably the stupidest controversy I have been a part of. It's it's dumb. Yes, very he much. He was dumb. paid for an ad. He yeah. took it too far. Let's do just wipe our hands of it and watch the Mason, the Mason Tucker going on. I just want to know if we're going to get another hashtag thanks LD farewell tour now that he's retiring again. Nah. Probably. Or or nah. should he go play for LAFC now? That should be his heel turn. And then no, he sh- his heel turn is going to be playing for Minnesota United. Uh, with Jurgen Klinsmann as our new coach. Inch. Yes. Okay. Right. I would love that so much. All right. Don't. For five hey, minutes. Hey, Mish, dude. stop rubbing your nipples. Okay. World Cup 2026, we did receive the World Cup that is going to be played a, a good eight years from now. I'm going to be 40. It's going to be great. It was my 10th wedding anniversary. So I'm really happy that U.S. Hawkers putting on a party for me. That's perfect. 10 games to be played in Canada and Mexico. 60 games to be played in the United States. It's going to be a pretty much a party that avoids the Midwest entirely. Pretty much. Uh, the closest cities that could be, uh, this is narrowed down from 23 cities to 16, that could be hosting World Cup games are Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Denver. Yeah. Um, we... Yeah. Chris Wright coming out and saying that Minnesota United would apply to be the training ground for a team, which makes sense. It's a beautiful city, easily connectable by aircraft with all the other cities, centrally located, and with a gr- beautiful grass pitch stadium yeah, that is going to be there. Yeah, it'll still be a pretty new stadium as well. Right. So I ex- fully expect to see a pre-World Cup friendly here. Uh, the U.S. will qualify because they're the hosts. Although FIFA has thrown some cold water on the fact that all three nations will auto qualify, they have said that there might be some uh, question marks because there are three different nations that would auto qualify if they give it to all of the hosts. Okay, let's now talk about some sad news. The last member of the 1950 United States World Cup team, Walter Barr, passed away. Yeah, he was the man behind the assist for Joe Gitchin's goal to beat England in that famous 1-0 victory. Uh, was a very, very long-time um, collegiate coach, played in kind of the nascent professional leagues in the U.S. as well, uh, was a advisor to USSF for quite some time. Um, apparently an all-around all fantastic guy. Uh, he will be sorely missed. All right, let's now move into a segment that we call The Transfer. Step back, doors closing. Get your transfer tickets because we're switching lines in this segment where we cover soccer transfers from around the world. First up, Leno to Arsenal, which brings up the obvious question, where's Conan? Tottenham. Okay. Tottenham. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. Leno, the goal TVS for... Here. Tottenham. Yeah. For this <laughs> next bit of news, Sequeda, he stays. La decision or the decision part two. Antoine Griezmann, six hour long every night episode what? for five weeks is finally over with him announcing that he will remain at Atletico Madrid. The most self-indulgent, dumbass thing a player has done in the middle of the World Cup making this like little TV show to announce his decision. It's been done before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rui Patricio uh, moving away from the touched at- atmosphere at sporting, sporting in Portugal to move to Wolves. This is the influence of Jorge Mendes, influential agent in the footballing world, who is also heavily involved with Wolves. Wolves being able to now bring in some of these big names as a result. Jack Wilshere is to leave Arsenal after 17 
years when his contract runs out at the end of June. No idea what he's going to do till the end of June, though. Just awkwardly enter the dressing room and be like, hey, guys, what's up? Boosh, lace up his shoes, kind of run around the pitch a little bit and then leave. I mean, he, he he's probably going to just hang out with his kids. He's probably on vacation. That's what he does on Instagram the all the time. Arsenal I'm roster. just seeing him like wearing all his old Arsenal gear and just sobbing tears every day. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him move to Wolves, honestly. And I, I could see it. The next thing that we should briefly discuss is a coach transfer. Uh, Lopetegui, Julian Lopetegui, being signed by Real Madrid as their coach. Then this was four days before the World Cup started. And then three days before the World Cup started, Rubiales, the Spanish Footballing Federation president, firing Lopetegui as a result of him taking the Real Madrid job before the World Cup was over. Now, clarification, Lopetegui intended to finish the World Cup with Spain and then join Real, his plans needing a last-minute change. We had literally talked about how he took the Real Madrid job and how it was going to be an interesting swan song last week. And then he gets fired by Spain. The morning after we record. Am I the only one who doesn't find anything wrong with Lopetegui taking the Real Madrid job? It's like, that's business. That's employment. A lot of football commentators coming out and saying it was a mistake. He should not have done it. I don't care. Like, of course he should have done it. I mean... Looking out for his next step and this... The Spain national team has next, their next tournaments in two years after this one. Right. And with the World Cup, go to a, the top, one of the top teams in, the, in Europe. And I mean, the it, top team, if you look at the Champions League yeah, for the last top team in Europe, four years. One of the top teams in Spain. It's, it's a no-brainer right. as, his, as a career move. Absolutely. Uh, I'll say this. It's the closest thing to a coherent argument in favor of his firing. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that it's coherent. The fact that he would be taking over as the Real Madrid coach would kind of color any sort of decision that he would make to, say, take off a Barca player for a Real Madrid player. I think that's a stupid fucking argument for why you would fire your coach three days before the World Cup. But at least it's an argument. All right, now it's time to move into our segment that deals with the World Cup. From Russia with the VAR. From Russia with VAR. I fly to you. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to run to the edge of the pitch and stare at a screen for a couple of minutes during this World Cup game while we play the episode of The Decision with Antoine Griezmann, who tells you that he is remaining at Atletico Madrid. All right. The World Cup is upon us. Uh, Now, our listeners, by the time they listen to it, have probably watched four more games than we have at the time of recording this because people take a few days to listen to our podcast. Now, also editing is hard. Hey, Get off my back. No, I, I, I'm saying it's hard. I learned how difficult it was without okay, you. Right, yeah, I, I usually take a, a day to, to get this podcast out after we record, which we record on Tuesday nights. Typically, it goes out somewhere between Tuesday night and Wednesday. Thanks, listener, for putting up with the inconsistent release at times. But so because because the listener is going to have more knowledge than we have, I don't want to say something like, man, Germany looks really bad. And then the listener is like, well, they just thrashed their next opponent 23 to nil. So I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want that to happen. So all I want you guys to do is tell me about your memorable happenings. Tell me about what's what you've been interested by this World Cup, what, what you're keeping your eye on, 
and um, any other just notable things for you? I mean, we did get a Twitter question from at Grant Elis. Is Russia good now? Now, in Group A, Russia managing to beat Saudi Arabia 5-0 and today putting three goals past Egypt, who could only return one from Mr. Salah. Caleb hangs his head in shame. He deserves a rest. Right, he really does. And Russia universally panned as a bad team before this tournament, like the weakest Russian team. By their own media. By their, By own, their own people. Yeah. And they're in their uh, win by uh, year away tomorrow or away from round the 16. This is very likely they'll be in the knockout stages, with, it's pretty, which is pretty good for the worst team in Ru- that Russia's ever had. Right. We did see a, a Uruguay that had a very weak looking Luis Suarez putting in an unnaturally uh, weak performance when they played Egypt. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a history of being sent off in World Cup games. I think it was he just did it to himself in that first game. Okay. Well, I, I was thinking that uh, he was just hungry. Hadn't had anyone to he bite. Might, he might be as well. Yeah, his too, blood right? sugar's low. He, right. He's got to you know, bite into somebody to get more sugar from their blood. I think Group B arguably had the two most interesting games. Like I, I think in, in terms of how many games were interesting in each group. Both Spain, Portugal, and Iran, Morocco, incredible. I was so heartbroken for the Moroccans because of that own goal that uh, it's very, gave them the yeah, loss. It's rough. Yeah. Um, terrible for Morocco, great for Iran. Um, but the Portugal-Spain game was stuff of legends. It's this to me one of those games talked about for years to come. I was also yeah. glad that Iran-Morocco occurred so soon after Russia-Saudi Arabia because after Russia-Saudi Arabia, everybody just lost their minds and were like, oh my God, Saudi Arabia is so bad. We're going to have 16 worst teams in the World Cup soon. Oh, the World Cup. They, they were clutching their pearls. And it, and it was just... Part of this was stoked by stupid U.S. pundits who were like, if Saudi Arabia is there, why can't the U.S. be there? And it's like... Because they're in different qualifying groups. It's... You morons. It's the World Cup. We come to watch the world's teams. If you want to watch the Euros, go watch the Euros. If you want to Copa America, do that. I I, I enjoy the World Cup because we do get the, the smaller teams like Iran and Morocco fantastic back and forth game uh iran again said to not stand a chance against morocco but managed to get the win off the own goal i will say this when you celebrate all of these smaller teams coming in you have to realize that every now and then you're going to get a team that's just absolute garbage saudi arabia despite all of the pearl clutching of oh the u.s should be there and saudi arabia shouldn't like that doesn't change the fact that Saudi Arabia are not a good team. and that's, They qualified they, for the World they Cup. They qualified in front of Australia, federation. no less. So, but that, and we'll that see doesn't what mean happens that they're tomorrow. a good team. I, I yeah. have no idea what's going to happen. But anyway, the point is, teams can be bad in form. For example, I want to point your attention to France, who everybody thought were going to be world beaters, but managed to beat Australia off an own goal. And uh, in, in Group C, Denmark and Peru also putting on a great game. Denmark that was fantastic. Game. arguably yeah. winning despite not deserving the win, but don't tell them that. Peru unable to 
find their ball into the net. They they would frequently end up in the box and with their backs to the goal and just couldn't pull off that kind of uh, you know the Aguero style turn. Well, would Cap- you say uh, that they weren't able to find their eight ball into the net? Ha ha. Casper Schmeichel had a great game for Denmark yes, in goal. Yeah, that too. He had some brilliant saves. Um, can we just go back to the Spain Portugal game for just a second? Nacho's sure. goal and a Ronaldo free kick. Just fantastic game. That close-up of Ronaldo before he took the free kick, you just saw it in his eyes that he was just going in. Taking deep breaths and exhaling and exhaling, pulling his shorts up, showing off those thigh muscles. You're like, he's going to do it, isn't he? He's, he he's going to score it. And then he did. <laughs> it was just fantastic. Argentina playing Iceland in a Group D game, and Iceland, no, stop it. Do not do that in my house. Take that outside. I don't want this anywhere near me. I hate that damn clap. That is the worst the clap ever. Yeah, okay. So, uh, really? I know what other no, the no, claps no, cut, there cut are. Cut his mic. Cut okay. it. No. Iceland's no, yeah, is cut worse cut than gonorrhea. <laughs> okay, moving on. Iceland, Iceland <laughs> winning this game 1-1 by managing to, to hold Argentina. Messi coming off impotent in this game, getting direct comparisons to Ronaldo because of Ronaldo's of ability to get get Portugal the result and Messi's inability to do so. He, he's, he's shown this multiple times in big tournaments. He's not a great penalty t- taker. He missed a penalty. Is easily saved by the Iceland goalkeeper. Why not have someone with better penalties take that, like Aguero or Di Maria? Someone, I mean, Messi has shown he's a very average penalty taker. Yeah. And give the ball to someone else who's gonna put that away. Aguero, Di Maria. If Dybala was on the pitch, he was on the pitch. He should have been on the pitch. Let's let's Put also else on the ball. Let's also spare a word for Hannes Thor Halderson, the Icelandic goalkeeper who also put great in a massive him. performance. Yeah, excellent performance. And uh, Croatia Nigeria, uh, I was unhappy with this result. I wanted Nigeria to come through. And, yeah, uh, uh, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't a great. Yeah. We wanted game that to either. happen just because we like the Nigerian jerseys and want to see them. So yeah. Group E, speaking of Johan Venegas, who we mentioned earlier, he and Francisco Calvo in the Costa Rican lineup for this game. What happened, y'all? Uh, they lost to Serbia 1 0. Uh, Kolarov with a free kick in the second half. Uh, uh, Calvo had a yellow card in like the first 20 minutes. Very bad tackle, tackle by him. But he wasn't at fault for the goal. He looked good attacking on the left. And he started and played all 90 minutes as left wing. Or okay. left back. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was kind of a hybrid left wing back, left back sort of role. And he looked good going forward. There were a few times where he was outdone by um, Branislav Ivanovic on that side for Serbia. Um Oh no, you got outdone by Bronislav Ivanovic? Yeah. I know that he's 36. He's still really good. really good at soccer. Yeah. Anything we want to mention about Johan at all? You said he, he played he poorly. He wasn't good. He, yep. he played like he, we thought he would play. He dribbled and trained opponents and then got looked confused why the ball wasn't with him anymore. Brazil playing Switzerland, and this was the game that I really enjoyed the result of. Switzerland managing to get the result for themselves on against yet another prohibitive favorite who managed to do poorly yeah. in the first round of uh, games. Brazil, uh, Brazil scored through Coutinho. 
A brilliant goal oh, by God, the little magician. Beautiful. beautiful. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Um, but then it seems Neymar coming back from injury, obviously a big story in this tournament with his weird Justin Timberlake Robin hair. And just looked like he was slowing down the attack and well, not really playing as fluidly as, with the Brazilian attackers as he should have been. The Swiss defenders were also just kicking him every chance they got, which also I that, am but still, in completely in support of. Yeah. Uh, if I was Brazil, I'd st- I would start Firmino up top instead of bringing him off the bench. When he came off the bench, he had more shots on goal than uh, the guy he replaced, Gabriel Jesus. And then I also would move the ball more towards uh, Willian, who is so dangerous on the right-hand side. In in all fairness, Neymar, there should have been multiple fouls that were called, something that we'll also talk about briefly when we talk about England. And uh, Sweden playing Korea, which widely was called one of the most boring games so far, I have to agree. I think... Korea had like 40 plus fouls. Right. And and yeah. the, the big story here is that the the Swedish managed to get a scout into one of South Korea's closed door training sessions. And the South Koreans in response decided, and this is a direct quote from their coach, we put four different numbers on our players' shirts in training to confuse the Swedish spies. Europeans can't tell our players apart by their faces. Right now, Mexico played Germany. And this was the shock result Mexico pulling out the win. All credit to them. They managed to neutralize the Germans. Germans coming up just like every other World Cup defending champion in recent history and doing poorly. The Germans looked impotent out there and kind of devoid of ideas, lethargic. Um, The three of the last four World Cup winners failed to make it on the group stages. Most recently, Spain and Brazil last last World Cup. Mexico had multiple chances to make this a multiple goal game. I enjoyed uh, this game very yeah, much, Chucky, and I was supporting yeah. Germany. They're so dangerous on the counterattack, but they fluffed so many of their chances. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, Chucky, Chucky Lozano, I don't know about you, I was yelling at him once he cut in, because he did that so many times in the first half. He took the ball wide and cut in. Mm-hmm. Just hit the ball, but he cut in and then scored, so I was made the fool. In Group G, Belgium destroyed Panama, a widely expected result, and England played Tunisia in a pitch that was not filled with mosquitoes as properly thought, but midges, which are an, another insect that was bothering the players, but far less bitey than in, than mosquitoes are. So, Wait, were they filled by midges or mishes? Mishes, just there's just a lot of people rubbing <laughs> their nipples on the right. side. So many small flying things, all of which were rubbing their tiny, tiny and just nipples. Hitting Raheem Sterling in the face. Okay, all right. Well, Harry Kane did get his two goals. England, I think, coming out with the win that they needed for their confidence. But it's going to be interesting to see how they do against, particularly Belgium. Uh, I think it's safe to say that they might do well against Panama. Tunisia managing to hold them for most of this game. Yeah, both of England's goals came off of uh, set pieces um, that both fell to Harry Kane. Um, Going forward through the run of play did not look dangerous at all for England. So they do not look like world beaters. I'd no, be surprised that they won. Uh, Group A, Japan playing Colombia and managing to win. Again, another team that people thought was really bad, managing to get the result against an arguably superior opponent. Jaime is being left by Colombia on the bench. Uh, with injury, to be fair. Uh, muscle fatigue, I believe, in one of his yeah. calves. Yeah. Um, Colombia went down a man and conceded a penalty in the third minute of this game. So it's, ama- it's amazing they ended up... T- Tying at 1-1 by right. halftime. Um, but uh, Japan ended up getting the game-winning goal in the second half off of a header. Um, 
Yeah. The, this next game had people saying that it was an upset. Senegal no. playing po- Poland. No, I don't no, think no, it was no, upset no, at no, all. I think no, said no, no, that no. those articles come basically because Senegal is an African team and Poland are UEFA team. When Caleb is saying this specifically because of Sadio Mane, but I also picked them as my dark horse in the 55-1 World Cup predictions. You can find on 55-1. Go check out Alusise, the uh, the coach of Senegal's GIFs. He is one hell of an expressive man, and I really appreciated all of his sidelines. Get you moves. a man who looks at you like Alusise looks at a camera. What do you think he's doing after the World Cup? He wants to Minnesota, maybe? Or right. What, what do you want uh, to do, right? Okay, okay. So, first round of games done. I want to know who's going to win. The whole thing? Yes. Um, I still think... I'm still going with France, I think. I'm still going with Spain, but if if, if Russia can start pulling some of the... <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I like, If I Russia like can gumption. start pulling the same sorts of things that they allegedly did at the Sochi Olympics. I'm... So, so I'm going to go with Mexico, actually. Really? I really think Mexico's got it figured out. And it, I, I, I think Germany looked bad, but I think that was because of Mexico's tactical analysis of Germany and neutralizing them in areas that they were trying to focus on. And Yogi Love's inability then to change his game plan. I think the Mexicans have this... They were playing with gusto, which is, I think, what you need to win a World Cup. Last World Cup, the Germans were having fun. Yeah, okay. I I think Mexico's game versus Sweden would be very interesting. It's a very different style than the Germans play. True. Yeah. Not going to allow all those quick counterattacks that Mexico uh, loved during the German game. That's been a very interesting game. Going, uh, and then Korea kind of the same way. They're going to be following all their star players for Mexico. What, one those other two games quick thing I want to mention. The Mexicans have played in a variety of settings. They're players, so they have dealt with far worse teams, putting up the kind of defenses that these two sides are going to do. Also, Guillermo Ochoa. Clean sheet master. Yeah. So I, I fully expect him to be one of the heroes of this tournament if Mexico does he, he, go far. He was a hero of last tournament. True. And he yeah. doesn't seem to have lost it. He now, cue him mis- allowing two goals yeah. in the next game because of mistakes or some crap like He's, that. He's just a big stage and plays very well. Colin, I'm going to propose that we skip the final segment if you are amenable to this. We are at the hour 15 mark at the moment. Let's skip it. Thank you very much. We will come back with soccer things in the next episode. At this point, though, we're going to have our friends who are sitting with me here tell you where you can find them on Twitter. I am at kolson716, also right for 55.1. Check out my uh, the article I spearheaded up with one that all of the staff's, uh, most of the staff's World Cup predictions, including their winner, Dark Horse, Sprite Out Star, stuff like that on the website also look up for my upcoming group stage roundup in the next couple weeks here uh you can find me at the attachments where i'm usually live tweeting minneapolis city games for e pluribus lunum um i have a very detailed roundup of the shenanigans that happened in the minneapolis city Minnesota twin stars game uh this past thursday go check that out there's biting involved i read it it's very good Follow me at TW United Fans for some good retweets from around the world of things that you should know. I follow some pretty obscure sandals for goalposts type accounts, which get you some African and Indian news. I don't have anything of substance that I write like these guys over here. So you just got to put up with the fact that I 
help you find things that are a bit we obscure. Do things. And then uh, make some pretty bad jokes. Also bad jokes at TW United Fans. And this podcast, of course, which also you can subscribe and find at Fine Podcast providers everywhere and of course as usual we do want to ask you to share this pod with your friends we like having more listeners for what we record each week and with that it's time for us to say goodbye to you we shall return next week with more we call it soccer let's go lions of surrender.